Hello there, C-Note here. Welcome back to Dopamine. I am your host, Christian Rivera. And today I want to talk about the question that I hear pretty much all the time is, does your personality type change? Now, I want to talk about it from two different angles. There's the Myers-Briggs angle, and then there's the Enneagram angle. So I'm going to kind of work between both of them. Um, But you may be here for one uh, or the other. And basically, if I'm going to give the short answer, the short answer is no. So you can move on. If this is all you wanted to hear, you can move on to the next video. (laughs) Um, But uh, why is that? What's what's going on? Um, So first of all, with Myers-Briggs, there is the notion that basically we operate based on best preference options, uh, a best preference of our type. Best fit type is usually the term that's used. And best fit type usually means that it's your cognitive cognitive defaults in a sense. It's like the way that you learn, you perceive the world, or the way that you make decisions and sort of put create judgments. So when it comes to Myers-Briggs, that's usually what's happening there is that we have a preference. But the other four cognitive functions or the other four letters as well are something that we do tap into every once in a while. We do growth stretches. We stretch horizontally into maybe uh, trying something that we need in another function or growth towards using one of our other non-preferred functions in a helpful way. And so there's basically stretching that we're doing all the time. So one of the reasons I think this question tends to come up is because we have varying life circumstances all the time. You know, we have new partners, we have uh, new jobs, we have things that we've done in the past that we don't do anymore. We have things that we grow from, we have traits that we are changing, behaviors that we're changing. And personality is not really about traits. It's really about, when it comes to Myers-Briggs in particular, it's about functioning. It's your cognitive functioning. It's like how you make decisions and how you perceive the world. And so that is actually a very, very, very small aspect. It's like a it's like a tube or a window that we are filtering in and out of when it comes to different experiences. The experiences themselves, the traits themselves, the things that we're surrounded by are of a numerous variety, right? That's why uh, there's really no compatibility uh, specifically with personality types when it comes to relationships. You can make any relationship work with any personality type because it's all circumstantial. And, you know, it's really just kind of being aware of your own cognitive processes, being aware of your partner's cognitive processes. And it's no different than getting to know each other's love languages in a way. It's like if you like to give gifts and they prefer to receive acts of service, then it's kind of about adapting to each other's needs and functionings, right? So that's really what it's about. It's not about changing your personality, though there are growth stretches. So if you're an INTP, which is the the type that I tend to talk about most on this channel, if you're needing to be out in the world and be maybe hosting a party or hosting a, a table at a trade show or something like that, you may need to pull on those extroverted sensing, feeling, and judging traits to read the room, to speak up to show people and talk about the details of what you have on the table and to actually have somewhat of a skit prepared to talk about what you're trying to sell, a sales pitch of some kind, right? 
So doing a growth stretch, at least for a little bit of time, maybe 30 minutes or the two hours that you're at this event or something like that. And then you can go home and then you can, you know, eat Cheetos and Mountain Dew and all of those cliches about INTPs, which that's a joke, by the way. So um, when it comes to the Enneagram, for example, it's very much a similar thing, but it's not with every type. So the Enneagram has nine types. It's nine points on the Enneagram diagram. I need to have one handy that I can just like pull a card up and show you um, the, the Enneagram symbol. Actually, you know what? I'm doing a screen capture right now. So let me just pull up um, Enneagram symbol while this is up. And then I'll just pull up the nine points while I'm over here. Talk. Hi. <laughs> uh, so let me just kind of let's do this and then I'll just kind of put it in the corner. So you can see that there are nine Enneagram types here. Oh, this is not helpful at all. Hold on. Let's do, no, stop it. Let's, oh, I can't, there we go. There we go. That's a little bit bigger. That's fine. This is not, this is not an ideal situation. There we go. Let's just do that. Perfect. So Enneagram types. So we're not going to talk about the nine Enneagram types, but you can see that there are nine points on the symbol there, right? So, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And this diagram doesn't illustrate it as well. Let me find one that has the arrow lines on it. Uh, I want like a bigger one. Uh, maybe that's fine. Sure. Does this open up to show bigger? Nope, that's Google Lens. That's fine. We'll just... We'll, we'll stick with, yeah, that one was better. Okay, so you can see that there are arrow lines for each type. So I'm a one. So if you just follow my type with a one, I've got my wings, which are nine and two. And then I've got the arrow lines, which go to seven and four. So with each of those, there are going to be growth stretches. Usually with the wings, there's an evolutionary growth. It's usually a softer growth. It's just sort of noticing these other traits in yourself and notice and taking the best of each of these types and integrating it into your main type. The same with going to seven and four for me or your arrow lines is like those are more revolutionary, bigger life changing steps, integrating things that maybe you forgot and or left in childhood or that you felt like you needed to leave in childhood and then kind of figuring out a destiny going forward and integrating all of those life lessons. So, you know, we do grow and we develop and change, but there is still a central point of growth. So for me as a one, everything is integrating through one in a sense, right? So if you've heard of the concept of tri-type, I would say to remove that from your brain, let go of it. Don't worry about tri-type. That's just not relevant. It's what tri-type does. It gives you a different type to outsource your problems to instead of integrating your traits and challenges through your main type, right? So it's like if you have three caves to explore and you can only in order to like each cave involves a lifetime of work. Each of these nine caves involves a lifetime of work. So tri-type is like saying, I'm going to choose three of them and I'm going to do three lifetimes of work in one lifetime. And it's just not, it's just not going to happen. There's just, with me being an Enneagram one, focusing on that and doing all of the growth related to that, I can spend so much time 
learning from that while also getting integration from other types. So it's not like I'm just being put in a box and sticking with one because sevens in particular love tri-type because they're like, oh, I get options. I get to be multiple types. Great, right? But that's just, no. If if you're a seven, then you get to integrate six and eight and then also five and one. So we get multiple types that we have relationships to. And then there are still other interconnected sort of invisible lines and symbols, and that gets into more deeper stuff that's not going to be relevant for this video. But essentially, I think one of the concerns about asking the question of like, do we, uh, does our personality type change is that we're afraid of being stuck in one lane or one box. And the unfortunate reality is that before you're learning personality type, personality type of any kind of Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram in this case is just revealing the boxes that we're already putting ourselves in, right? So growth is about finding a way of measuring the box and then figuring out how to get outside of the box and learning about basically like staying unconscious of these things, being staying unconscious of your personality, of like your tendencies, of your blind spots is essentially keeping you in the box, right? And even things like tri-type are keeping you in the box. It's, you're like changing boxes within boxes. It's like a, one of those Russian doll situations where instead of noticing the box that you're in, you're saying, you're, you're like, you know what? I'm in this box too. And then I'm also in this box, right? So you're putting yourself continuously in smaller boxes <laughs> instead of exploring the box that you're in and then finding ways to navigate in and around and through and all of that stuff. So personality is about understanding that. And there's a very real reality of like, this is what we were born into. Uh, there's also emerging theory that uh, the Enneagram type is one that you're born into, not necessarily one that you're that is created. And it makes sense to me because if you are born with a particular type, then your needs are not met in childhood uh, based on that type, then you're going to have exaggerated qualities or traits or things that you would feel like you need to abandon that are that are other qualities of your type in order to survive, right? So as a one, something that I do is lean into endurance. I feel like I need to be focused and serious and tense my muscles and go forward and get things done. And, you know, at the detriment of me being human, of my body, of my physical needs, just going forward, right? And so my growth stretch to seven is about me developing a looseness of just relaxing, of having more fun, of finding more options, of not just assuming that I only have one way that I have to go and do things, that I can taste test all sorts of different varieties of options, which is why I'm kind of loosening up this these video formats. I'm doing screen capture stuff. I'm playing with Photoshop expressions. And I'm also making sure that I'm drinking water. Ah, Pikachu, I need to get a new sticker. Um, I just ordered a bunch of like Dragon Ball stickers. So, uh, cause my, my kid is getting into Dragon Ball and I'm so excited. So I'm going to celebrate with him. And I got a whole bunch of stickers. I actually got a hundred pack of stickers that I'm just going to give him a couple at a time and just have those as like gifts over time and I'll just hide them. <laughs> so there was like 10 bucks for a hundred stickers on Amazon. It's amazing. Anyway. Um, so 
you know, this, this idea, this question of answering, um, you know, does your personality type change? Let me lower this. I think we're good with that is, um, is really trying to answer that question of like, am I this forever? And in a way, yeah, in a way, no. So it's like your brain, your hard wiring, your, the hardware of your, your body and your brain is like what it is, right? Like my, if you like the way my face is shaped and my eyes and my nose and all of the genetics of who I am is likely not going to change at its base level. Meaning I can exercise, I can improve my muscles, I can improve my face shape, I can apply some creams and maybe like preserve my, uh, my skin. Um, you know, I can get haircuts, which I need. I'm trying to grow it out so I can do the faux hawk again. That's why it's a little messy, but you know, I can, I can go to the dentist and fix my teeth and do cosmetic things. And in a lot of ways, when you're growing your personality type, it's like learning some of those disciplines to do some of those cosmetic upgrades and learning how to function in the world in your own way. Cause these are decisions I'm making for myself, whether or not to exercise the way that I exercise, what kinds of haircut I get, how I trim my beard. If I have a beard, whether or not I have glasses, what kinds of glasses I have, which I would like to get some new ones soon. You know, those are things that I, I'm making customizable choices based on the thing that I've got to work with, right? <laughs> Cause the, this, this me, this, this ain't changing, you know, uh, unless I get some sort of deep cosmetic surgery and look completely different, but I, there's always an essence that's still the same, that's still there. And, um, in a lot of ways, it's about getting to know that essence, you know, like personality is not essence. I, I should probably clarify, like the essence of who you are as a human being is a little bit more of a spiritual concept. It's a little bit more of like your soul. But personality in the Enneagram sense, and also really in the Myers, like Myers-Briggs is more about functioning, right? It's about cognitive functioning. And Enneagram is a little bit more about ego and the, and the why. Why you choose some of the things that you choose through the cognitive functioning that you have to work with. So when you're pairing these two uh, systems, for example... It's like understanding the Enneagram as the why, or at least that's how I perceive it, as the why you do things or your tendencies or um, what makes you feel safe. A little bit more amygdala driven. It's a little bit more about like, in essence, like, yeah, what what is your version of feeling safe or how do you feel like you need to function in the world? And um, your Myers-Briggs is like, you know, how you execute those things in a lot of ways. So, um, personality in the Enneagram sense is more about the mask that we wear, the mask that we put on to show the world who we think we need to be. Right. And our essence is like underneath all of that. Once you get to know your personality, it's like, it's not removing the mask or destroying the mask, but it's being able to like stand in front of the mirror and take off the mask and be like, Oh, that's a different person under there okay, there's like other stuff going on and then starting to explore some of the, the ego driven paradoxes and stuff. The Enneagram work is tougher, right? So if you're starting to get into growth stretches and trying to understand your personality, I took a lot of time to understand my Myers-Briggs type first as an INTP, because that really helped me to 
understand my functioning. It helped me separate how I make decisions and how I learn separate from my mental illness, because that's why I got into this more deeply is because I kept making the same life mistakes over and over again. And I was like, how can I grow and do something a little differently? How can I be aware of my own tendencies, my blind spots? Why do I keep sabotaging myself? Why do I keep doing this sort of thing? And I think Myers-Briggs really helped me to understand some of those elements in terms of uh, the way that I work, the way that I perceive, the way that I can connect with people. And, um, oh, my video froze, but I've gotten so far and I don't want to stop. <laughs> so actually I'm going to just close this and I will open up the screenshot again. Not that one. That's the back end of the dopamines. Uh, that one. Okay. So I'll just open the Enneagram screen again. Um, so basically, look at all these Enneagram symbols. There's so many different designs. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Uh, the, the Enneagram as a symbol is something I want to cover as well. Because like, if you don't know the symbol, it can be a little scary, especially if you're religious and you're like, what is this demonic symbol? <laughs> right? It's not, it's not anything like that. Um, so just to kind of wrap this video up, since my video froze and I don't want to record another 17 minutes over again, um, you know, personality and the Enneagram sense is about the mask that you wear. And then the Myers-Briggs sense is about, you know, getting to know um, your functioning. So when I said I was trying to learn about the separation from my mental health and my personality, that was what I used Myers-Briggs for. And now I'm really in the Enneagram growth space and really getting into knowing how almost in a way how I deceive myself all the time or how I sabotage myself. Um, and not really to disparage myself or to get mad at the box that I'm in or anything like that. It's about acceptance. And that's like the core of this channel in a way is about understanding the acceptance of your personality is that not to always live in personality because eventually the goal is to kind of understand that you're deeper than that. But it kind of starts with, with accepting that this is just, this is what is, this is what you were born with. This is like, it's like being born. It's like accepting that you had the parents that you had or accepting that you had the, the skin color that you have. And then you were born into a society that did or did not appreciate that skin color, um, or being born into money or not. And the problems that comes with either of those. And so personality, while it's not necessarily exactly akin to those different avenues, um, it, it, it can be very, it can be similar actually. Uh, but it's internal. It's the internal struggle. It's the internal awareness and acceptance and not in a narcissistic way. Cause sometimes that idea of narcissism or trying to just like overdo self-focus with fours and sevens and the Enneagram tend to do, uh, it's about just, yeah, it's just accepting versus rejecting. It's like an on and off state. It's just, this is, this is what I got to work with very much like accepting yourself physically. It's like, this is what I got to work with. So let me do what I can to improve this or sculpt this or be happy with it. Right? Like I'm not the most in shape person in the world, but I'm, 
I'm okay with it. <laughs> it's totally fine. Let's see if I unfroze or not yet. No. Oh, yay! Look at me. I'm back. Just, just, just fixing things. Look, turns out I just needed to let it sit for a minute. Um, so it's like this is what I got to work with, and in your mind, this is what you got to work with. And in the Enneagram, you've got three centers of intelligence. You've got your gut, your heart, and your head. And depending on your center of intelligence, it's like that's what you've got to work with. But the Enneagram helps you balance those things. And consciousness is really not just about the head. It's about mind, body, heart, the full essence of who you are. And the Enneagram really helps you get towards that. And that's just more intense work. So for Myers-Briggs stuff, I've got a ton of stuff on this channel. There's more stuff coming. And also I recommend Personality Hacker. Just a anecdote is that they're a client of mine. So there's a bias there, but uh, they're a client of mine because I believe in their work. So Personality Hacker, they have a test there. They have starter kits. They have their whole thing. And then um, for the Enneagram, I recommend Beatrice Chestnut Naranio Piaz at uh, cpenneagram.com. They have a membership. So uh, Personality Hacker has all sorts of great courses and podcasts and free material. And the same thing for CP Enneagram. CP Enneagram has a membership that if you're just learning and getting to know the different types and stuff, then, you know, that's a place. And I've also just finished, um, or I'm about to finish as of this recording, uh, and I'll come back and post the link to it, uh, Enneagram starter kits that the two of them are working on together that I'm editing for both of them that are going to be going up hopefully in the next few weeks. And I can post links and uh, affiliate links and stuff like that uh, for you to check those out as well. So I hope this answered that question. This is kind of a longer video, but this is something I want to like point people to if I get that question, because it's just one of those repeated questions. Uh, so I don't have to answer it again <laughs> in person. Um, so hopefully that makes a lot of sense, right? Does your personality type change as far as we understand? No, it does not. But your relationship to everything around it does. And even your growth stretches to other aspects of your personality will. It's like, I think of it as like a rubber band, right? It's like you are stretching yourself to different areas. And, you know, you create tension and strength. And then sometimes if you go too far, it's too much stress and you got to let go, right? And then come back to a normal state right? That's kind of just what we're doing, right? You're operating the way you are. And then getting to know your personality is also getting to know how you can stretch in what ways you can stretch and, um, how you can build muscle without hurting yourself and, um, and, and doing so in a, a, a growth way in a healthy way related to your context and your circumstances. So that's the thing. So we, I also have my own courses and membership below if you want to join me and all the things that I teach, uh, mostly related to INTPs, but I'm stretching to other personality types. So go ahead, check out the links below, see if anything resonates with you. Um, and if you join our membership, you're also joining our community and you'll be able to connect with me, answer me, ask me questions directly. And um, let me know in the comments below how you feel about this topic, how you feel about your personality. If you're struggling with that, if things feel good, let me know that too. And let me know if you like this video because it really helps me to know that this is the type of stuff that's connecting and landing and working. And then subscribe, like and subscribe below. I'm going to say like over here somewhere in the thing. Um, subscribe 
for more videos and then hit the bell icon because I post videos sporadically. So once you get the notification, you can watch it, save it, you know, to your watch later list and watch it whenever you'd like. So I appreciate you. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll catch you next time on dopamine. Got to press the button. See ya.